0: And GB concedes defeat. They say we
1: cannot score three from here, so Italy comes up with the win. Stefania Constantini, star of the show with circus shots late in the game.
0: Italy remain unbeaten in mixed doubles curling. What a match! Stefania Constantini, unbelievable shooting for Italy out and Dodds, GB suffering their second defeat, Amos moss or Stefania Constantini, another step closer to that medal round, moving to 6-0.
2: Greetings everyone and welcome to another edition of Inside Curling's Daily Draw, bringing you everything from the games in Beijing. We're going to give you a daily wrap, and then we're going to talk about what's coming up for the next games. It's brought to you by Coolbet. Coolbet is a proud sponsor of curling, and frankly, all things ice-related. The logo is a bear. After all, if you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Coolbet community. A couple of things, boys. Before we get started, Kevin, do we do we have to give you a nudge? Are you okay? You're you're up. You're awake. <laughs> I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Yeah, okay, yeah. And
0: I, it did take it did take a nudge to be honest. This morning, yes
2: yeah very good so uh we do this at eight thirty my time every day, and then we want to get it up uh qu- as quickly as we can for you guys and By the way, I got in trouble with the uh producer yesterday, boys. He said, Jim, stop making so many mistakes, you're killing the editor <laughs> uh, a couple of things before we start, Warren, I saw a picture from your uh man cave with the games you're watching, and it looks like I'm looking at the uh the, the space station office for NASA with what you, what you have there. I see only three screens. You probably have two more. Uh, what, what are you doing there? How are you, how are you looking at these
1: games, Warren? There is another screen is a television one. The, uh, Scotties has been on on that one. Usually of course it's time of day on Saturday. That's not happening, but, uh, yeah, it's a busy little place here.
2: Is it ever a busy place? Kevin, before we start the venue for the curling, did they build something specific for curling or what, what, what's the setup there? It was it was
0: the water cube, and uh, that's what it was in the Summer Olympics in two thousand and eight. So it was a big swimming pool, of course. So they built the swimming pool bottom up to the surface with a, a manufactured floor, and that's what they're actually curling on top of is on top of the pool, and it seems to be working. Pretty well, I'd have to say that you know some concerns about ice conditions early, but it seems to me that if you release the rock clean, you can make almost anything. The curl there's at least four feet to the button. The only place you have to be careful is along the edge of the four foot lines. Uh, even still, uh, late in the game, it's tricky in that area, but you can still take some time just just outside edge of eight, maybe a little, you know, even middle twelve, and you can get in to wherever you want on the button. So. There's a lot of great shots being made, so, but a very interesting building to turn uh, a big swimming complex into a big curling complex. Pretty cool.
2: Speaking of pool, I, I am drowning in losses right now, okay? We're going to get to your picks. You guys are <laughs> kicking my butt. So before we get to it, by the way, uh, Warren, listen to this. Italia sta al Sumante fantastico, okay? Do you know what that is? Italy is playing fantastic. They're doing unreal. That's my Italian. Did you
1: practice practice all night? I did. It took me about 100 (laughs) tries to get that right.
2: (laughs) And I still got it. So let's get down to it. Today was the fourth action of uh, mixed doubles uh, at the games. Uh, Kevin, bring us up to date on what happened overnight.
0: So draw number seven. There's only two sheets in play, both sheet C and sheet D. But it was actually happening 9 a.m. local time in Beijing on February 5th. That's when it was occurring. I was calling it at night on the fourth. So that's kind of how it, how it happens. Sheet C was uh, Norway taking on Australia, not close at all. Norway getting four in the first and stealing two more in the second. That was an easy win for Norway. One game that we called, and I thought it was going to be an excellent game was Sweden against Switzerland. The Swiss team, I I don't mean mean or anything, but, but they're just not communicating and they're the silver medalists from 2018 in Pyeongchang. They certainly haven't found their stride, but in the same token, not a lot of building up the other player uh, and trying to get the train on the tracks. It's just been hard to watch, to be honest, and uh, Sweden had no trouble in that one, but it's just uh, the communication part with, uh, with the Swiss couple of uh, Jenny Perret and Martin Rios just isn't happening. So kind of interesting when the, a silver medalist, I really thought they could get on the podium again, but it doesn't look to be possible this time. Uh, Draw eight, so that was uh, in the uh, middle of the night here. Sheet A, the game we called China against the US. And in a nutshell, I'm not going to go much into this one. It was a Vicki Persinger show. She drew the button. It had to draw the button. Vicki drew the button in the first for two. The second end, they're in big trouble. She throws a perfect freeze to uh, force China in the second. Drew the side of the button, the corner of the button for one against two in the third and then drew for three in the fifth. And then the U S team in the eighth had to hold down the fort, but they made five for five, absolutely perfect shots. So, you know, a good solid game needed that win against China, put them at three and two, bring China down to two and three. So that was a big game. Uh, you should talk about Italy on, uh, on, on sheet B, uh, Italy against Czech Republic four in the first steal a one in the second and turn the channel because Italy is rolling. They had no trouble with Czech Republic, Canada, China, same thing. Canada got up six to three after five and carried it home. No problem. Great Britain against Australia. Australia probably should have won that game. And I know it's hard to believe, but Australia played really well and gave Bruce Mowat and Jennifer Dodds all they could handle. And boy, would that have been a story, but they couldn't quite and and lost it in an extra end. You know what you, you had mentioned a few days ago. Well, what do we do with all these ties and tiebreakers and stuff? Well, you know what? Back then I said, well, you know what? The field might separate a bit and now you're starting to see it. When you get later in the week, it's starting to f- spread out nicely. So, it's not looking so bunched up anymore with uh, with Italy, of course, leading the way, playing
1: brilliantly.
2: Okay. Uh, then you went to bed, Kev. After that, uh, and you, well, you were getting some sleep. Uh, we put Warren to work to look after draw nine. What happened there, Warren?
1: Well, the big game was USA versus Canada. And before I get into this, another interesting statistic I should mention with regard to Canada. Without the hammer, they are 4-0 and o, and with the hammer, they are now 0-2, which is a, a rather interesting statistic. Anyway, the game between USA, Canada, it really was from the fifth and on. The score was tied after five, and USA had the hammer. Vicky Persinger navigated a very tight port and made what appeared to be a great shot, but on a measure, Canada stole one and jumped in front three to two, which was big. In the next end, in the sixth, Holman makes the shot of the game, in my opinion, with a great hit and roll, looking at two USA counters, and stays for shot. Vicky Persinger tries a difficult hit for two, but wrecks on the front, and Canada goes in front four to two. Which that was really, in my opinion, the game right there in the seventh. Persinger is looking at three Canadian t- counters around the button, tries a very difficult long run back, misses. Canada steals three, scores seven to two, and the game is over. The other big game on the ice was between Great Britain and the front runner Italy, the Italian Express. Fifth end was huge as Italy stole a point on a measure to jump in front 4-2. to two. In the sixth, Stefania Constantini makes a fantastic freeze with her last stone looking at four Great Britain counters. Jennifer Dodds for Great Britain tries to chip it out, but it's still only enough to count two and now ties the game at 4-4. Italy selected the power play in the seventh. Dodds with her final buries around the corner guard looking at three Italian counters but again, Constantini comes up with a big shot, chips it out, and counts the three to jump in front, 7-4. You would have thought that would have been the end, but Great Britain came back in the eighth quite well. At one point, it looked like they had a chance to score three with a cluster around the button. Constantini again took it away, and the final score was 7-5. This young lady, Constantini, she is the, the backbone of that team, and she just makes shot after shot after shot. It's, it's quite amazing. The other two games were more or less uh, runaways. Norway took out China 9-6, to sixth, and that was in the strength of a 5 ender that they picked up with an open hit in the fifth. And Switzerland easily handed the Czech Republic an 11-3 to three defeat.
2: Uh, very good, Warren. Uh, is everyone getting a little better, Warren, as they move through this? Or w- w- what's your take?
1: Well, I think some are getting better, but some are struggling, I think, a little more as time goes on as well. And I think things are starting to sift out as far as who's going to be near the top of the ladder and who's going to be near the bottom. Constantini isn't isn't she like like twenty two years old? I think I think she's twenty two. Yeah, she's young. That's
0: amazing. Making the shots you're talking about, where they're absolutely clutch. Like if if she misses, they lose again and again and again.
1: Yeah, so many times. Yeah, and she just uh, she's cool as a cucumber and just sits down there in the hack and does it. It's it's quite amazing.
2: Uh, That's what the Olympics are made of, right? Uh, People rise to the forefront and, uh, God, that's amazing, uh, 22 years old. Warren, you're looking at stats all the time. Kevin, you guys were telling me yesterday, you know, high 80s is good. Uh, That's usually fantastic. What, What are stats looking like, Warren, after last night?
1: Well, I'm going to look at some of the impressive scores. Let's first look at draw seven. The Norway versus Australian game and the Norwegians had a sound game. Kristen and 90%. Magnus Nedrogrotten, 88%. In the defeat Canada took from Sweden, again, outstanding. Almeida Daval, 88%. Oscar Eriksson, 89%. So again, an outstanding game. In draw eight, Mowat came up as expected from him. He's getting stronger. He shot 95%. Jennifer Dodds is only 59, which uh they won that game handedly, but it was on Mowat's strength. Kenda's loss to Sweden, they shot very, very well. Devell was 95%. Uh, in the game before, as I mentioned, she was 88, and Eriksson was 86. John Morris was pretty strong. He shot 87, but Rachel Holman struggled. She only came in at 58. In Great Britain's loss to the Italian Express this morning, 7-5, to 5, Bruce Mowat again, outstanding, shot 91%. Dodds was pretty good at 75, but Constantini was a little better at 80 and that was the difference. Switzerland had a fabulous game against the Czech Republic. This is the first time I think this has happened this week. Both players shot in the 90s Jenny Perey 93%, Martin Reyes, 90%. In the draw as well, and the game where Canada won over the USA, John Morris was 89%, Rachel Holman continued to struggle, only at 68. Some things to note from the scores. Five scores in the last three draws were over 90%, but Bruce Moat owns two of those scores. Probably the highest percentage game of the week for both players, again, happened in the Swiss game versus Czech Republic, and as I just mentioned, they were both in the 90s. John Morris is the consistent strength of the Canadian team with his two games yesterday, 87 and 89, so he averaged out at 88%. So that's the story that stats are telling us at this point in time.
2: And Kevin, maybe a new stat that you're talking about in that Switzerland game that zero communication or bad communication, right? Has a lot to do with uh, wins or losses. So what are the standings, Warren, particularly? How's Canada doing? That's what I want to listen for every morning.
1: Well, before we get to Canada, we have to talk about the Italian freight train and they are at six and oh, unbelievable. And again, the young lady, 22 years old, Constantini, she is the, the backbone of that team. Then in second spot at the moment anyway, is Sweden, because they've played seven games, they're at five and two. But then we have two countries at 4-2, and two, Canada being one of them, along with Great Britain. Norway and the United States are at 3-3. Three and three. China, Czech Republic, and Switzerland are all at 2-4, and four, while Australia is winless in seven tries. At this stage of the game, I would think the line is going to go at the United States. If you've got three losses, you're still in contention, but I think four is pretty much out of reach.
2: Uh, four teams go through. It's a kind of modified page system, right? Warren, how do, how do the playoffs work once they get the four?
1: Well, not, not not really. It's one versus four, two versus three. The two winners play for the silver, gold, and the losers play for the bronze.
2: Okay. So Canada's doing okay. They're giving everyone a heart attack, but they're, they're hanging in there. Uh,
0: when it comes to, this, uh, to a 10-team round robin, whenever we used to play, going into the event, before anybody threw a rock, I always thought to myself, okay, five and four, you need help be able to get into some sort of a, a tiebreaker scenario. Six and three, you're usually safe, but you won't have Hammer in the semi. And then seven and two is your goal. So that's what I always thought about going into a into a 10-team, nine-game, round-robin event. That's kind of how I, I believe a lot of these teams have walked in here with a goal of not getting into that third loss. Cause once you get into the third loss, even if you do get into the semis, it's always difficult to beat the best teams without the last rock advantage in the playoffs.
2: I was one and zero after the first time we laid our bets, but a bad day yesterday for me. Kev, let's start with you. How'd you go?
0: Well, things went pretty well, actually. Um, uh, draw seven, uh, Norway, Sweden got them, draw eight. I picked US, picked Great Britain, but I chose Canada to beat Sweden. So that was incorrect. Mm -hmm. And of course I I've picked Italy all the way along. So too bad I'm not a gambler, Jimmy. Get off your wallet, Martin. And then draw nine, I had Italy over Great Britain. I actually had China to beat Norway. I really thought they'd they'd step it up in that one, but they didn't. Switzerland being Czechs and Canada being US. So ended up eight and two. And if you remember yesterday, Jimmy, I said, you know what? With this group of teams, you'll do very well to get to eight and two, if you remember me saying that. So ended up eight and two because it's just too many even games where the just terrific teams fighting it out, trying to get it into the playoffs. And you know, it just makes for 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 tough p- picking when when uh there's
2: such good battles which makes you kevin 14 and three overall we're we're gonna go to you i'm not calling my booking anymore i'm gonna call you <laughs> for this stuff warren what about you how'd you end up faring
1: i also ended up at eight and two i think the two i called wrong was sweden versus canada i'd picked canada and the other one i got wrong was uh great britain versus italy i had picked great britain so i think those are my two errors out of the uh of the three draws that we just talked about. Uh, otherwise, uh, I think I'm at seven and two.
0: Way to go Warren. Excellent. Eight and two. I think that's about as good as you can do out of those 10. If anybody else out there did better than that, let us know, uh, send us an email because that would be pretty impressive. And Jimmy, how did you do? <laughs>
2: yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. Let's go, on. let's move along. We're out of time boys on the predictions. Okay. We're out of time. We've got to move along too. I got wiped. I got smoked. Well, I'm one and three or one and two or something something bad (laughs) so there you have it boys predictions what's coming up how we did uh what what the wrap was on the day before we're going to do it each and every day called daily draw when we come back uh we've decided we're going to talk about certain things about mixed doubles along the way because not everyone knows how it works so stick around you're gonna learn something Like I said, each day we're going to discuss something interesting about mixed doubles. Today, we're going to talk about two things. There are two pre-positioned stones at the start of each end. Are those rocks always positioned in the same place? Let's start with that one before we get to the next one.
1: Well, interesting enough, of course, uh, the normal process is there is a rock placed just behind the button and another one out front on the center line. And that's the way we play most hands, except in, in the case of a power play most people probably think that that rock on the center line is in the same spot every time but the ice makers and the officials take a look at the amount that the ice is curling at the start of the competition and with that knowledge they then decide which of the three positions out front is where uh, where the stationary rock there is going to be positioned based on how much the ice is curling if it's not curling a lot the front guard will be farther out if it's curling big time the front guard will be placed closer to the front of the house. And just in checking with some of the Canadian ice makers yesterday, that's normally done at the start of the game, but they will watch it uh, before every draw. And if they think that the ice is starting to change in the amount of movement, they will modify that. But normally it's just done at the start of the competition, and, and that's where it's left. When they go to the power play, the same situation exists with regard to the positioning of the guard on the uh, rock that's going to be placed in the outside of the, of the uh eight foot circle on the power play side and it's the same situation they will decide the positioning uh, based on how much the ice is curling mm-hmm.
2: who makes up these rules warren like when, when they you know mixed doubles you guys you know you both love it people love it the audience is growing for it all the time so who would have looked at it and said okay we got to fix this and we're going to do these two pre-positioned stones where does that all start
1: By my memory, uh, being the original inventor of this uh, game, Neil Houston and I devised the original rules, which have been revised a few times since then with a couple of things, and this rock placement out front was one of them. This was something we didn't anticipate when we put the whole thing together. So this was through discussion, probably with the officials, the ice technicians, uh, determining that uh, the inconsistency of the amount of curl would dictate that uh, a couple of positions need to be considered with with the front rock.
2: Who determines who throws the first rock and the fifth stone for each end? The players can switch this rotation anytime time they want. Why don't they? Uh, why do most teams have the female throwing the first and the fifth and the men throwing the second third and fourth
0: yeah you know what what a great question and i i would have thought back when when this started in 02 i think it was we i played in it and after playing i thought teams would switch as the game went on depending on the scoreboard and what needed to be done i also thought that depending on ice surface and, and different conditions you might change having the female throw one and five or the guy throw one and five whichever But it just doesn't seem to be that way. And it's kind of funny to me that it's pretty much always now a female throwing one and five and the male throwing two, three, four. Now, one reason for that, I think a lot of the male players tend to slide out, throw the rock, jump up and sweep. And they want to throw to a broom for better accuracy as far as trying to make the shot, which seems reasonable. Whereas not many of the female throwers tend to not, this is not all but just tend to throw it and the male will sweep it. Not often does does a female throw it, jump up and and sweep it. So it's kind of a a different way of looking at the game, different assets brought to the game. And that's why I kind of think the, the male player plays two, three and four. The first shot at the end is usually pretty similar every time. It's usually either without hammer, freezing to the back rock or attempting to, and then freezing on top of it if you have hammer. That's pretty consistent. Um, so the broom is usually placed in about the same spot so that can involve the male sweeping. In most cases, I understand in the US case, Vicky Persinger, her and Chris laugh a lot that she's the boy on the team. She's the one that sweeps all the time. And that's okay. (laughs) You know, that happens sometimes where you get, where the female is just a fantastic sweeper and and the roles change a bit. But for the most part, I think that's why the, the male player is in the two, three, four spot is because it's just, it kind of, agrees with the assets that the male player generally not all the time but generally brings to the table
1: remember we had brad gushu on and he was the one that said well my body's getting tired and i told carrie if we're going to play mixed doubles she's going to do most (laughs) of the sweeping but yet they didn't change the rotation i think if there was a place we might consider another rule change with mixed doubles this might be the spot that maybe you throw in there that they've got to change the order uh, maybe twice in a game or at least once. So it would add a little more spice to what's going on. Because again, when we devised the game, uh, like Kevin's saying, I, I thought that people would do this depending upon the score and the situation, and they'd try to play to the various players' strength by p- switching up the positions. But that hasn't happened, as we know. I don't know if it needs to be much spicier. Like, this has been fantastic. You no, know, like, that's it's true. <laughs>
0: great. You know, we've been calling all these games and and uh, and and... and they're so up and down like all of a sudden there's a three-point lead after six the other team calls a power play and they have a tap for four like it's just it's so hard to defend in this game it's so exciting yep and you just don't know what's going to happen next so um you know i i'm i'm usually like you you know thinking about changing things but i don't know this mix doubles it's 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 awesome like it it is just crazy uh out on the ice
1: it's kind of interesting it moves so quick it's so exciting it's uh changing all the time uh, i'm watching scotty's games in between the mixed doubles games <laughs> and sometimes at the same time and i'm watching this game i think two nights ago and it's it's in the eighth end and i'm kind of go okay it's going to be over and i go oh my god there's two more hands to go and uh the four-person games when you're watching at the same time just seem to be so slow and so boring compared to how quick this moves with Warren saying that he's got five monitors and televisions set up in his, in his office there. I'm trying
0: to think of that reptile where the eyes don't go like straight. They go whichever way they want. Like that's Warren, that's Warren right now. He's got his eyes, each eye is going all over the place, trying to keep track of all the, all the monitors and televisions
2: that are set up. This is fantastic, Kevin. I'll tell you why it's fantastic. Cause, cause I've known Warren a long time and he has nicknames for everybody. Okay, he has nicknames for everyone. You've just come up with a a new one for Hanson, I'm going to start calling him the lizard, okay? <laughs> the the lizard. lizard with the eyes going everywhere with the eyes of Warren the Hanson. The lizard, oh, okay? this will uh, be a beautiful mark it down, Kev. Would you back me up on this, okay? It's time to go to the lizard, okay? It rhymes with wizard, Warren, okay? <laughs> the lizard, wizard, that's what we're going to start to call you. Oh, so you can see the me- the social media
0: posts today. Rod Paulson, of course, who does a lot of our stuff, he's going to put out
2: a-, a lizard with Warren's face on right. it. This is a huge day in curling, the lizard, okay? We
1: we got it. Thanks, Thanks Jim. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: fair, fair to thank you, Lizard. Okay, I'm going to practice My it, goodness. Uh, um, mm. Well done, Kevin. Uh, fair to say, Kevin and Warren, that um, the, what I love about it, uh, the, the biggest difference or one of the biggest difference for the mixed curling over the four-man curling is every rock in the mixed doubles is important and not necessarily so in four-man, right? The, for, the first two, but... You know, every shot, there's only five stones. Would you say that Kev? That's, that's one of the biggest differences.
0: Yeah. You know, it it is. It's every rock is is crucial. If you chip off somewhere in the middle of the end, somebody Mm -hmm. chips off one of the rocks in the forefoot, you are in huge trouble. And I don't care if it's a second rock, third rock, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're just all of a sudden you're up against it, but fair. The game is fair because when you finish the game and Warren's been going through the stats and going through all that every day here. The team that shoots the highest percentage wins the game pretty much every time. There's Mm -hmm. the odd time where, you know, know, some good fortune comes in and so on. But for the most part, you shoot the biggest number, you're going to win the game. Uh, You agree, Warren?
1: Oh, the question. I think uh, what Kevin mentioned there, that every shot matters. I think John Morris, uh, they got in a little bit of trouble. I'm thinking it's the game against Sweden, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but uh, Rachel Holman didn't get that stone flat in front of that one at the back of the button with her first shot. And as a result, they were in trouble almost instantly.
0: You know what we call that on Sportsnet? Because Don Bartlett threw lead for me for many, many years. And if the other team went to the back of the forefoot and you didn't freeze to it, you went to the top forefoot, I always called that the Donnie B3 because you need to make that freeze. And that's to your point, Warren, if you leave that first one a little light, boy, you can be in a world of hurt. And I, on, in four person curling on Sportsnet, when we're doing the grand slam coverage, that's what we always say. It's a Donnie B3. I mean, you need to make that freeze. You cannot be short on it. And especially in mixed doubles, when you only have five rocks total that you're throwing.
1: Well, I think the key thing is too, not only can you not be short on it, you've got to be right to the face of that rock. So it can't be chipped over or moved back. Uh, it's the same, same issue.
2: Okay, Martin. Okay, lizard. Uh, let's get to the picks. <laughs> for, for, it's making me giggly, Kevin. That's good. I get a one up on Hanson. Uh, <laughs> That's really funny. It's a, it's
0: actually really yeah, funny. The Lizard Wizard. You think about the Warren list. sitting in that room in the middle of the night watching the
2: curling. I can just picture yeah, it. Like the, the Lizard Wizard. So good. <laughs> so so good. Zip, zip, zip. good. Okay, let's get to today's cool bet picks. You're doing the best, Kevin. So uh, let's start with you. USA,
0: Czech Republic. Uh, USA needs to win now. Um, so I think they're going to come out strong. Uh, Czech Republic are in trouble. So I'm going to pick USA, Great Britain, China. I will definitely pick Great Britain. Bruce Mowat is really curling well. Jennifer Dodds does have to pick up her game, but Great Britain, Norway, Sweden. I have to go with Sweden on that. Australia, Switzerland. That's a tough one. The Aussies have been close to getting a win, you know, and I don't know if I can see them going the whole event without a loss. I'm going to have to go with Australia on that one. You guys Italy against China. I bet Italy every single time so far. So I'm doing it again. Canada, Czech Republic, got to go with Johnny Moe and Rachel. Rachel's got to pick up her game though. If Canada is expecting to get onto this podium, but uh, John's curling very well. And I think Rachel can come around. I'll pick Canada, Canada and Australia got to pick the coach now that, uh, of course, John Morris has been coaching Australia for quite some time and they play each other. That'll be a fun one for them, but I think Canada will win. Italy Sweden I've got to stay with Italy. Oh, okay. Uh Switzerland USA. If USA wins against the Czech Republic, I think the US will beat Switzerland. If the US team doesn't beat Czech Republic, they're going to lose to Switzerland. Whoa. But I picked US to beat Czechs, so I'm going to pick the US to beat Switzerland. Norway Great Britain, I've got to go with Great Britain.
1: Okay, uh, Warren, who are you picking? Okay, Jim. Well, Let's go to draw 10. Without question, USA will defeat Czech Republic, I believe. Um, bit of a bad run for them against Canada today, but I think Vicky Persinger is playing very well. And if she continues to do so, they will they will take that one. I think the same thing as Kevin said, Bruce Mowat is just getting stronger. They will defeat China. Norway, Sweden. Surprised at this Norwegian group. They're very good. It's uh, interesting they've just been having some interesting challenges. But again, Sweden, I look at some of the shot percentages from those two yesterday, particularly against Canada. They're not going to get any weaker. So I'm going to say Sweden over Norway. Uh, I think Switzerland is uh, due to come up with uh, some great games. They played that one very good game yesterday. So again, I'm going to stick with Switzerland. I think there's a little question. Italy will, uh, will defeat China. And of course, Canada will defeat Czech Republic. 12th draw. Again, Canada, certainly I think no question will defeat Australia. The big game. This could be the big game of the day. Italy versus Sweden. I know that that Italian team is really good, but so is the Swedish one. And I look at the game they played against Canada, and uh, they were so solid. Especially the female player, Almeida Duvall, she she has been playing uh, some spectacular shots. So I'm going to go with Sweden. Switzerland, USA, again, I'm going to stick with USA. I think they're uh, they're going to continue. And Norway, Great Britain. Although Norway again is not playing up to their potential, I'm still going to stick with Great Britain.
2: Okay, boys, there you have it. Uh, you made a couple of different picks. Uh, I'm only going to pick two games. Okay, and I'm sure everyone's waiting for my picks, <laughs> waiting to bet the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to bet. I'm going to pick two games that is opposite of you guys. Okay, I am going to pick. I'm going to pick uh, Norway over Sweden.
1: Well, that's not that bad. You may be right. It's possible.
2: I know I know what I'm doing. And I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, because Great Britain was only won by a, a, a point the other game. Norway over Great Britain. Totally went against you guys. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to do it each and every show, of course, what, uh, what the predictions are. Cool Bet is a proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. The logo is a polar bear. Check that out. And after all, if you're in love with sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community if you're so inclined head to the cool bet uh, website throw down a couple of shekels and uh we've given you some good picks today go with me okay go with me i'm feeling it send us an email we'd love to hear from you we read a lot of them and we use a lot of them uh, check out our facebook group uh, special thanks to rod paulson who manages uh the facebook group for us you can email us inside at gmail.com and give us your thoughts on the games uh we'd, we'd love to hear that one of the uh, over-unders is how, how long will Kevin be able to keep up with this Warren and not sleep in one day? I think about day nine, Kevin. We're going to have to give you a nudge. <laughs> anyway, who better to talk about the Olympics than these two guys? It's, it's fantastic. Kevin, speaking of the Olympics, we always for, you know forget once in a while to mention, you are an Olympian gold medalist. Of course, in 2010, you won the gold in Vancouver. And I was there, by the way, Kevin, okay? I was, I was supporting you long before you thought I was.
0: Uh, no, no, no. I remember seeing you up there. You're on the top level. You and Wayne were standing beside each other. Was, was, was Walter with you too? Walter Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky was with you.
2: Was Walter? Uh, I figured, well, Walter was certainly in Vancouver. I'll tell you a funny story before we go. We went to go to, a, we went to go to the speed skating, me and Wayne, and it was like the first day, one of the events, and we pulled up to, to get through the gate, and the girl said, I, I would need your credentials, and Wayne didn't have them. Right, <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, "Well, I don't have them, you know." And and uh, she said, "What's your name?" You know, and he said, "It's it's it's Wayne, it's Wayne Gretzky." She said, "I'm sorry, I don't have you down on the list." She didn't know who it was. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. That's awesome. And then she said, "Well, do you, do you have any other uh, kind of ID?" And Wayne leaned into her and said, "I lit the bloody torch in the opening ceremonies." <laughs> That's a true. <laughs> Sorry, sir. You still can't get in. Yeah, that's a truth to other guys. Someone finally from the committee said, Oh my God, get in there, Wayne. Yeah. Uh, anyway, great stories from the Olympics. So uh, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You've been listening to Daily Draw. Each and every day, we're going to uh, bring you all the info and everything you need. Kevin Martin, thank you very much. And the lizard wizard, Warren Hansen. <laughs> Thanks a lot, boys. Enjoy the games. Jim? Okay. (laughs) You better back off. (laughs) Okay. See you later, boys. Thanks, Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jimmy.